0: Welcome to an incredible word from Pastor Marcus Dunham, Associate Pastor here at Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. We're going to jump into the word if you are ready to do so. Uh, We're going to be in Isaiah chapter 40. And the title of the message this morning is, Wait on the Lord. Amen. Wait on the Lord. Well, as I said, we'll be in uh, the book of Isaiah, chapter 40, and um, written by the prophet, uh, prophet Isaiah. Um, uh, Isaiah prophesied during the reigns of four Judean kings, which were Uh, King Uzziah, Jotham, Azaz, and Hezekiah. You can read about these kings in 2 Kings chapter 14 through 18. And um, the book of Isaiah is aimed at the nation of Judea. And Judea is the southern kingdom of the nation of Israel. It was split after King Solomon reigned. Uh, He lived extravagantly, and eventually they had to pay for all the things that he built. And um, after his son Rehoboam came, um, the northern kingdom, ten tribes of Israel, decided that they did not want to make him his, make have them be his king, so they formed northern Israel and uh, so the northern kingdom is the kingdom of Israel, but the, the kingdom of Jude, the kingdom of Judea, excuse me, is the southern kingdom, and that is where, of course, the lineage of Jesus would come through. but it was a book aimed towards them and uh, uh, the nation of, of, of Judea had turned deaf, had turned a deaf ear towards God, and did what was evil in the sight of the Lord eventually. And so, therefore, they were eventually taken into captivity by the Babylonians, in which they were there for 70 years from, uh, from the year 606 BC to 536 BC. Now, these, um, uh, these were, uh, in, in chapter 40 is where we find um them in captivity at this time. Now, God was merciful. He let them know that this was coming. Isaiah, he prophesied to them. Now, this after Isaiah passed, another 70, 80 years would go by before they actually went into captivity. God prepared them, but of course, this was a different people. It was, you know, one or two different one or two generations later. And so they find themselves you know, hearing about a God who was going to make them into a great nation, but they found themselves in captivity. And, you know, you can imagine being there asking, you know, I'm sure asking questions like, you know, where is God right now? You know, uh, you know does he see that we're in captivity? Does he care? Can he deliver us? Will he deliver us? And um, it reminds me of Joseph. Whenever Joseph, he was given a dream by God. And in this dream, it was one of promise, one of strength, one of a successful future. But fast forward, he found himself in prison in a dark place. And I imagine that he asked questions like, why am I here? You know, what happened to the dream? What happened to that? You know, why am I here? Are you going to deliver me? Am I going to be here all my days? And Judea was in that very same place and they were discouraged they had run out of strength most likely they most likely had run out of courage run out of faith ready to give up ready to accept their fate as Babylonian citizens and I think about uh, points in life where we are trying to overcome something in our life and we tried and tried and tried but it's like you just can't get it out of the way or you're in a period, in a station of life, and you've given all you have, but it feels like you just don't have anything else to give. That is a place where Judea was. And in chapter 40, God gives a response to the uh, the Israelites in Judea. And it's a three-part response in chapter 40. And the first response he gives is to their greatest need. The second response is to their current need. And the third response is one of a promise. He gives a promise at the end of chapter forty. So uh, we're gonna uh, I'm I'm gonna breeze through the first uh, twenty seven verses because we're gonna get to verse twenty eight through thirty one in just a minute. But in verses one through eight, God he gives a response to their greatest need. He says, "There's a voice crying out in the wilderness, making paths straight." for the one who is to come and a, and of course the one he's talking about is Jesus while they are wanting them to while they're wanting to be delivered from their current need God is working for their greatest need you know a lot of times God he is actually working and doing things but he's working on something that we don't even realize that we need God that's what he was doing he was preparing the way to to provide a deliverance that was even greater than their current circumstance and that's what God does amen And then in verse 10 through 26, he responds to their current need. And I love the way that God does this. God responds to their current need by asking questions. Specifically, he he flexes a little bit. You know, God doesn't brag on himself very often because he has people who does that for himself. But every now and then we see it in the Old Testament a few times where he himself reminds us of who he is, and God is reminding Israel, he's reminding this, the nation of Judah, these, th- this generation, because most likely they didn't know God the way that their forefathers did, and so he's reminding them who he is. Verses 10 through 26, he reminds them that there was no one like him. He reminds them that, that he is incomparable. He says things like, who else has, hold the, who else has held the oceans in his hand? Who else weighs the earth and the mountains and the, and, and the hills on a scale? Has God ever needed anyone's advice? All the nations of the earth are nothing but a drop in the bucket. I mean, he's, he's, like, he's, he's going big on them. All the nations of the earth are nothing but a drop in the bucket. They are nothing more than dust on the scale. God picks up the earth as if it were a grain of sand. I mean, like that's just like you know, I mean, like how do you even how do you even like process that? To whom can you compare God? What image can you find that resembles God? God is above the earth. The enemies that you are facing are like grasshoppers to me. And I love the way that he says this. He talks about how he he compares the way how uh, it, how Israel at that time. It was They would take animal skin and stretch it out to make a tent. And he says that he stretches out the heavens like a curtain as the universe for us. While they're stretching animal skin, he's stretching the stars and the planets across the universe as a tent. He's, 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 he's letting them know that this is who I am. He says he blows his, he blows his enemies away like chaff, like dead grass. And who made all the stars? And he calls every one of them one by one by name. He says, this is who I am. And then verse 27 says, how can you say that God does not see your troubles? He responds to their current need by reminding them who he is. I mean, it just, it's like almost unfathomable. He's letting them know, reminding them, this is who I am. And of course, I see your troubles, and of course, I'm going to deliver you. And he gets to verse 3. I'm sorry, he gets to his third response in verses 28 through 31. And this is a, this is a response with a promise. This is what it says. Let's read uh, verses 28 through 31. 28, he says, Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He he gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion. But verse, verse 31, here's the promise. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. He says, this is who I am. Yes, I will deliver you. But he throws a caveat in there. He says, for those who trust in the Lord, for those who realize that they need God, they realize that they need me, they recognize that they, there, there are times and there are people in life where we imagine, there are times in our life where we imagine that we can do it on our own. But, when you can, but, but God says that, He gives strength to the powerless, strength to the weak. He's referring to us. He's referring because without God, we have no power. We have no strength. We need him. And he says, for those who trust in the Lord, and depending on your version that you're reading, depending on your translation, it'll say those who hope in the Lord are those who wait on the Lord. Those who wait on the Lord God is wanting us to trust in him he is wanting us to hope and I this is an interesting thing I just kept being hooked on it because he was saying he says but those who hope in me I have something for those who hope God wants us to hope he wants us to struggle with trust there are times where we don't want to hope because we've been disappointed before. Our, hot, our hope has been deferred. We've trusted in something, and then we were disappointed, and, it, hurt and it, it makes us not want to hope. But God is saying, regardless of that, I want you to hope. I want you to stand on me. I want you to trust in me. Don't, uh, regardless of what things look like, hope in me. Place your trust in me. Wait on me. That word wait in the Hebrew is the word kava which is twisting or unwinding a cord and the basic meaning of it is to wait actively with anticipation and when i was reading that i i you know i think in pictures i think in visuals and so as soon as i saw it i i could understand what they're saying you know uh uh you know we can wait with anticipation for us to finish unwinding something but it's not going to unwind itself you know you can, you know, I, you know, I have a lot of basketball shorts at home, and every now and then, you know, the little string will come out of its little hole and end up halfway through, and then I got to sit there and feed it through and feed it through and feed it through, and you know, I get tired of it. I just want it. I just want it to be done. But if I just leave it there, it's not. You know, nothing's going to happen. I have to keep feeding it, but waiting for it to finally be, get there so I can pull it out. It's it, it's a waiting with it's an active waiting with anticipation unwinding you know a cord as i said won't unwind itself but um, when we actively wait by working and unwinding and doing something eventually it will be done and it's the same idea that when we wait on the lord we do so actively as we wait on the lord we do so by 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 walking forward in productively moving forward in life and trusting that as we trust in him he's going to do his part he's going to do his part but we have to do ours we have to be active and we'll talk more about that as we go along but God wants us to continue to hope in him and this is what he says the promise that he makes is that when we wait on the Lord when we hope in him regardless of what the news is Regardless of what the report is, regardless of what we're facing, regardless of how disappointed we are in the moment, he wants us to trust, to still hope in him, to continue to hold on to hope. And he says he gives us this promise. There's three things he says. Number one, that when we wait on him, he says that that God will strengthen you. When we trust in him, he will strengthen us. Verse 31 says, but those who trust in the Lord, he will find new strength. Right. New strength. I think about um, 2 Corinthians 5:17. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. A new creation. That when we trust in him, he gives us not just a strength, he gives us new strength. It's strength that that allows us, it's, it's a second wave, one that we're able to endure, one that we're able to get through. You know, it was going to be a 70 years that they were going to have to endure this, but God was going to deliver them. He, and of course, he did deliver them, but they still had to walk that thing out. You know, God is going to deliver. He's going to come through, but we've got to walk it out, but he's going to give us strength. If we hope in him, he's going to give us strength. Um, and uh, in the beginning of chapter 40, he says, comfort, comfort. That word comfort is to be broken up and come comfort. It's meant to strengthen, to fortify. That when God comforts us, he's meaning to strengthen us, to fortify us, and that's what he does. And he will do it, but in his timing, but in the meantime, he's going to give us new strength. The second thing he promises is that is that He will elevate us, that He will lift you up. He says that when we trust in Him, He says that they will soar high on wings like eagles. When I think about an eagle flying, there's a difference between an eagle flying or a bird flying and them soaring. You know, whenever a bird soars, they open up their wings and they glide. But when a bird does that, when an eagle does that, it's, there are two factors. Number one is them holding their wings open, and the other is God ushering the wind. You know, while 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 they while they do their part, God does His part. When we trust in God, He does His part. He lifts us up. He elevates us. Um, um, Exodus chapter 19, verse 4. Uh, God brings the same uh, the same analogy whenever He is reminding them how He brought them out of how He brought them out of. of of Egypt. And he says that, that, that in the same way, he says that you know how I carried you on wings like eagles and brought you out myself. And the same way that he did that in the past, he was saying that he was going to do it today. God, he elevates us and elevates our eyes to trust in him. And then thirdly, he promises to refresh us. He says, they will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Again, when we trust in God, he promises to refresh us. He talks about young men running and young men walking and eventually getting weary and fainting. You know, I, I don't run a whole lot. Uh, you know, I, well, I, I do a little bit. You know, I run like maybe like once a year. And, you know... I mean, usually if I run, I'm going to have a ball in my hand, but um, whenever you run, you know after a while you start getting cramps in your side, you know, you start getting tired, you know, I mean, you just want to stop, and then you're, I mean, eventually you're done. And what he was saying is that even those who are not used to getting, who are not used to getting tired eventually will grow weary. But he says that you, when you run, I'm going to give you a refreshing so that you will run and not grow weary, that you will walk and not faint. I will refresh you. He's saying that he he will give you, uh, he will refresh you so that you can run your race, that you can run the race that God has called you to, that he will refresh you so that you can walk out your faith in that desert land, but he's going to refresh you so that you don't faint. He's going to refresh you, and that happens when we draw close to Jesus. He brings refreshing in our lives, amen? He refreshes us, but it happens when we trust in the Lord. Not trusting in our circumstances, not trusting in the doctor's report, not trusting in the circumstances and what they say for us, but to hope in him. It's okay to continue to hope. It's okay to continue to pray. It's okay to continue to trust and believe that he will do what he promises that he will do. Amen? He wants us to wait on him. So waiting on the Lord, what does that look like? I came up with three things that I believe that we can do to wait on the Lord. Because again, that word wait means to actively wait, correct? Correct. It means to wait while we're doing something, to be productive, to to anticipate. So number one is to look to the Lord. Number one, we can look to the Lord. As we wait on God, we can look to Him. We can look to God for our needs. We look to Him for our provision. We look to God for what we need in our life. Rather than looking elsewhere, we go to God first. As we wait on Him, as we trusting in God, it means that when we come, when we have needs, we go to Him, we call out to Him, we make Him our refuge, that we go to Him in our time of need. That is what we can do, is to look to Him, to call out to Him, to make Him the place that we run to in our time of need. We can look to the Lord. Secondly, we can, we can listen to the Lord. Listen to the Lord. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 34, the Bible talks about how, how wisdom, that, that it's like those uh, that blesses the person who listens, who waits and listens for wisdom. And wisdom comes from God. So the same idea is this listening for God, listening for his voice, listening for him, drawing near to him so we can get a word. So that we can obey, that we can receive a word that we can hold on to, that we can trust in. Because there's something different, you know, there's a difference between doing what we think is good versus doing what God wants us to do. You know, um, God gives us strength and he refreshes us for the things that he's called us to do. He doesn't always strengthen us for the things that he hasn't necessarily called us to but the things that he is wanting us to obey, the one, that he's wanting us to do, he is giving refreshing. He is giving strength. And all we have to do is call to him and listen, to sit and, and, and allow his word to speak to us and allow him to refresh us. And then number three is to live for the Lord, to live for him. And to live for him means to serve him. You know, I, I think about, a, you know, you know the, the, the other day Melinda and I, we went. Uh, to saltgrass for our um, our 10th anniversary we had a good time and we had a waiter um, and we really liked him you know he anytime that we needed something he was right there I mean he he was watching watching us whenever we needed something he would come and check on us you know uh, and you know he wasn't overly doing it but you can tell that he was watching our table he was a young man and he was so good you know I mean you guys know what I'm talking about right I mean, there's a difference when you get a waiter who, you know, it seems like you got to look for him, you know, like, oh, man, you know, especially when it comes check time. I mean, you're ready to go and you got to wait another 10 minutes. But, man, when you got somebody who's just on it, who's just watching you, who's just making sure that you have what you need, there's a difference. And, you know, I want to be that guy, you know, waiting on the Lord, that whenever he needs something, whenever he calls, that that whenever he wants to call on somebody, that I'm ready, that I'm that guy that he's going to call, you know, you know, it's like our church. You know, our church has become a church that I believe that God calls on whenever he needs something done. Amen? Right. Pastor Ron has, has always made that something for our church. And I believe that we have people who are ready and willing to do what God has called us to do. But to wait on the Lord, we can do so by looking to him, listening to him, and, li- and living for him. And you may say, Pastor Marcus, but I'm already doing that. Well, let me encourage you to continue to do it. Continue to do those things. Don't grow weary in doing those things. In fact, encourage somebody else to do these things, to stand and wait on the Lord, to actively wait on Him, to listen to Him. You know, let's pass it on. Let's invest into the next generation because, you know, that next generation two years down, you know, Hezekiah was the last king. He had an opportunity to make a difference there. He had an opportunity to make a change, but that didn't have to be the reality for the nation of Judea. But you know what he said? Hey man, that's a great report. You mean 70 years? You mean when I'm past? Whenever I'm dead? Whenever I'm gone, they're gonna go into captivity? Woo! Okay, cool. Glad it's not me. <laughs> you know, he had, a, he had an opportunity to make a difference there. You know, we have an opportunity to, to make a difference in the next generation, in the generation today, to pour into the people around us as we can do it as we wait on the Lord by example, but also mentoring, passing along, encouraging, and pouring in to the people around us. Amen? So let us wait on the Lord. And finally, let us not lose hope. Don't let doubt discourage you from hoping in God. God wants us to hope. He wants us. Sometimes we imagine that God, that this is just the way it's going to be. But I believe, I'm convinced Hear that God wants us to hope and to trust in him. He will take care of it. Amen? Amen. Let me pray for you guys. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for your word today, God. And I pray, Lord, God, that you would encourage every one of us here today, God. I pray that you would put courage in our hearts, Lord. God, the word that you gave Judea, God, was an encouraging word, Lord. The word that you're giving us today is an encouraging word today, Father. I pray, God, that we, Lord, would trust in you. God, that we would place our hope in you, that we have placed our faith in you, God, regardless of the situation in front of us, Father. God, that we would pray again against it, God, that we would pray, God, that you will do what you said that you will do, Lord. God, I pray that we would wait on you, Lord. And God, in the meantime, God, I pray that you would give us, God, new strength. God, I pray that you would give us, Lord, a refreshing. Father, I pray that you would lift us up, God, elevate us, Father. And God, I pray that you would strengthen us along the way, Father. We trust in you and we thank you, Father. God, I pray for those, God, walking, God, through the desert, God, God, walking through the valley, encourage them in their moment. God, may we stand strong knowing that you are the God who holds the, God, who holds the world in his hands, Father. We give you all the glory. If you believe that and receive that, say amen. And amen. Thanks again for joining us for this dynamic message from Pastor Marcus Dunham. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastors and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.